We've been doing this series on uh, the miracles or the signs in John's Gospel. And we're all out of sync with these. Um, and we're going to be looking today at the last of the, the seven signs or seven miracles, the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Um, but this is, this is an incredible story. You know, and I've, I've been reading it and rereading it over, over the, the past couple of weeks. And there is just so much in here, so much in here. Paul in Corinthians said, these three things remain. These are the things that stay with us, faith, hope, and love. And actually, you know, all three of these are in abundance in this story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. It's a story of immense hope. And hope doesn't cover up the bad things that happen. Hope doesn't cover up the bad things that happen, but it's a promise of something better to come. And that's what this is all about. We're going through this series, these seven signs, seven miracles of Jesus, as recorded by John in his gospel, his story about the life and death of Jesus. And this is the last of them. So this is the seventh one. And this actually occurs right before Jesus' death and resurrection. So John wants to tell people about this so that people may believe in Jesus and that people may have life by believing in Jesus. That's the whole reason that he wrote his gospel. And this is the climax for John. This is the climax of the ministry of Jesus. It gives us a glimpse into what's going to happen at, at Easter. It's, it's just a little foretaste, a foreshadowing of what's going to happen at Easter when Jesus dies and is risen again. But it's a story of, of just profound hope. So the events take place in Bethany. Um, you probably can't see the map there, but the, the picture there is, is of, of Bethany. It's a small town. It's a small town. It's essentially a suburb of Jerusalem. So it was about two miles, a little bit less than two miles outside of Jerusalem. And that's really where this story is centered. But it actually starts on the east side of the River Jordan. We don't know exactly where Jesus was, but he was to the east of the River Jordan, so probably around about 20 miles away from Bethany. He'd gone there with his disciples, and a crowd of people had followed him. And we know that many people believed in Jesus. So he was teaching there. He was there uh, east of Jordan, teaching people, and many people had believed in him. Back in Bethany, there was a house in Bethany where Mary and Martha, two sisters, lived with their brother, Lazarus. And Jesus knew these people. He knew them well. He'd probably stayed in their house on several occasions. We, we know from other stories in the Bible about Mary, about Mary sitting at Jesus' feet when he was teaching, um, about Mary breaking a jar of precious perfume over Jesus' head. These were people that were really close to Jesus. They were friends of Jesus. He loved them. Mary and Martha send a message to Jesus. 20 miles away, 20 odd miles away. And they say, Lord, the one who you love, their brother Lazarus, the one who you love is sick. Now, Mary and Martha probably knew it would have been pretty dangerous for Jesus to go to Bethany, close to Jerusalem. Many Jews at that time were seeking to kill him. 
Maybe Mary and Martha thought that Jesus was going to heal Lazarus from a distance. Done it before, right? He'd done that sort of miracle before. Wouldn't be a problem for him. Maybe they thought that, that Jesus would risk his life to go back to Bethany to go and see Lazarus because he's somebody that Jesus loved. He was very close to him. Whatever they thought, when Jesus received that news, Jesus said to the people around him, this sickness will not end in death. Its purpose is to glorify God and God's Son. So Jesus already knew what the outcome was going to be right from the start. Not going to end in death. The purpose of this is to glorify God and God's Son. But actually, this plays out in a pretty shocking way, in all honesty, if you look at it from a human perspective. So John emphasizes that Jesus had this love for Lazarus and his sisters. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He just got this news that Lazarus was really sick, really ill. When he heard that he was sick, he then stayed two days longer in the place that he was. Which from a human perspective is pretty shocking, isn't it? Mary and Martha really worried about Lazarus. They must have sensed that he was probably dying, seriously ill. Send a message to Jesus. And Jesus loves Lazarus. And because he loves Lazarus, he stays an extra two days. It's a weird thing to do, isn't it? At least from a human perspective, that must have felt like he was abandoning them. His love doesn't feel like love at all. Maybe that caused dismay amongst his followers. We don't really know. It's not recorded. Maybe they dismissed, just dismissed it. Maybe they thought, you know, they knew it was going to be too dangerous for, for Jesus to travel back to Bethany. But it was love because Jesus was doing the Father's will. It was for the best in their lives. His delay leads to an even greater blessing. So eventually, after two days, Jesus turns to his disciples and he says to them, well, let's go back to Judea. Disciples remind him, though, the Jews were trying to stone him to death. Is it really safe to go back to Judea, Jesus? Do you really want to do that? You're going to go back into enemy territory here. You, you might be facing death. And then Jesus has this cryptic response. Often Jesus replies in these cryptic ways. So Jesus answered the disciples, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anybody walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. It's a bit of a weird response really, isn't it? You know, the disciples are saying, do you really want to go back to Bethany because, you know, that's dangerous territory, you could get killed. And then Jesus comes out with this stuff. You know, so often Jesus comes out with these kind of cryptic things. And, you know, for the disciples, it must have been 
after his death, after his resurrection, and they're sitting down and they're thinking about these things, and suddenly, you know, you can, you can see the penny will have dropped, and suddenly they would have realized what it was all about. He's saying they didn't have to worry about things because they had the light of the world with them, right there amongst them. Did they get it? Did they understand it at the time? Probably not, not at least from the way this story unfolds. So Jesus talks about going back to see their friend Lazarus because, as Jesus puts it, he's fallen asleep. And he says, let's go back to Bethany. Um, I'm going to go and wake him up. But again, the, the disciples simply misunderstand what Jesus is saying. And I say, you know, if he's just sleeping, why are we going to go back there? Why are we going to put our lives on the line going back there? Jesus, if he's just sleeping, he's going to get better. If he's fallen asleep, he's going to get better, isn't he? Let's not go back there. But Jesus is patient with the disciples in their confusion and their misunderstanding, just as he's patient with us. He explains to them that Lazarus is dead but something even better than healing him from his sickness is going to take place. He says, for your sake, I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let's go to him. So that you may believe. These are people that already believed in Jesus. So Jesus is talking about encouraging them, strengthening their faith, stretching and deepening their faith, just as he wants to do with you and me. So Jesus says, let's go and see Lazarus. But Thomas, Thomas speaks up for the rest of the group. He's focused on the imminent risk of death and he says to the rest of them, if Jesus is going there and going to die, let's go and die with him. Let's go and die with him. He may not see or understand the bigger picture but he was really willing, at that point, he was willing to risk his life for Jesus. Thomas, who later is called Doubting Thomas because he had difficulty believing that Jesus had risen from the dead. At this point in time, he's brave, he's loyal, he's courageous, he's obedient, he's willing to lay down his life right now to go back with Jesus because that's where Jesus wants to go. So Jesus approaches Bethany. Lazarus has been dead for four days. And there's some significance in that because the, the Jews at the time believed that for three days after a person had died, the soul of that person kind of hovered close to the body. But after three days, the body begins to decay and the soul would have left. So it's four days after Lazarus had died, four days after he'd been put in the grave. He wasn't just dead, he was stone cold dead. His soul had departed. There just wasn't any hope for him at all. As Jesus approaches Bethany, Martha comes out to greet him. Lord, Lord, she says, if you'd been here, 
If he had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know even now, God will give you whatever you ask of God. Martha's incredibly sad. Incredibly sad. She knew that if Jesus had been there, he would have been able to heal Lazarus. But Lazarus has died. He's been in the grave for four days. But even so, she trusts God. She trusts Jesus. Even though he's shown up late, even though by human standards he appeared probably indifferent to what had been going on, to their grief and their suffering, she still trusted him. She didn't know how it was going to play out, but she still trusted Jesus. <coughs> believing in God's goodness, believing in God's care, even in those times when God seemed absent. Jesus says, your brother will rise again. But even then, Martha doesn't understand what Jesus is saying. She was a Jew who believed in the future resurrection. And she says, yeah, I know. I know Jesus. On the last day, he's going to be raised again. But Jesus responds with this even deeper challenge. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Jesus doesn't just give life, he's life itself. He spans the gap between what's here now and what's to come, fulfilling the plans of God. And Jesus says to Martha, do you believe this? Can you imagine Martha listening to those words, trying to take it in, knowing that Lazarus is stone cold dead in the grave? And Martha says, yeah, I believe you're the Christ, the Son of God, who's come into the world. She didn't understand what Jesus was saying. All she could do was confess that Jesus was the anointed one from God. That he was the Son of God. That was as much as she could do. She could trust in Jesus. She's sticking with Jesus and she's confessing as much as she knows. I love this quote. I don't know where it came from, but I love this quote. The relevance of faith, the faith that Martha showed, the relevance of faith lies not in the power of faith itself, but in the fact that faith creates communion with Jesus. Connects us with Jesus. And if we're connected with Jesus, miracles can happen. So Jesus sent Martha to fetch Mary. And Mary comes running to Jesus, even in the midst of her suffering, even in the midst of her pain. She comes rushing to Jesus and she falls at Jesus' feet. And she says exactly the same thing that Martha said. She said, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Grief, sorrow, sadness, bewilderment, probably even some anger and frustration that Jesus hadn't been there with them. All this moves Jesus incredibly deeply. 
He asks where Lazarus has been laid. They invite him to take a look at the tomb. But before he gets to the tomb, the grief and sadness of Mary and Martha and of the crowds of people around him provoke an incredible reaction in Jesus. The shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. Jesus cried. Jesus cried. He shed tears. Weeping. Weeping at the suffering of those around him. And they said, see how he loved him. Creator of all things. Savior of the world. Shedding tears alongside the rest of them. And Jesus comes to the tomb. And he orders that the stone is removed from the entrance of the tomb. And, you know, although Jesus has said to Martha, I'm the resurrection, I am the life, still Martha hasn't got it because she says to Jesus, you don't want to do that. You don't want to remove that stone. You know, Lazarus has been in there four days. It is going to be a dreadful stink when you remove that stone. But he says, now roll the stone away from the tomb. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Martha believed in Jesus. Martha trusted Jesus. That was enough. She did not believe specifically that Jesus was going to raise her brother from the dead. Her faith in Jesus was enough. Enough to see the glory of God. So Jesus prayed. And then he called out to Lazarus. Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus walked out from the grave, life restored, decay of the body gone. And Jesus tells them, take off the grave clothes, let him go, let him be free. Jesus shows that death isn't final. He has power even over death. He is the giver of life. The irony, of course, being he is the giver of life by giving up his own life. The irony being that raising Lazarus from the, the death was one of the events that sets in the chain of motion that ultimately ends up in him being arrested and crucified. But wow, what a story! must have been amazing to be there. These people saw the emotion of Jesus. They saw the care of Jesus. They saw the love of Jesus. Even in incredible situation, in bewildering circumstances. And then they saw the final revelation of the raising of Lazarus. Power over death. Power to give new life. So there are three thoughts that I want to leave from this story this morning. I mean, there's so many things that we could look at, but three thoughts that I want to leave from this story. First is that Jesus wept with those he loved, and he still does. The healer of our pain, 
is also the one that feels our pain. It's so important for us to know and to understand that Jesus suffers alongside us. He feels our pain. When we hurt, he hurts. When we cry, he cries. When we're sad, he's sad. When we grieve, he grieves. We never, ever suffer alone. For some of you this morning, it may feel like you're suffering alone. You're not. Jesus suffers with us. He's right there alongside us. Even in our darkest moments, he's hugging us. He's got his arms around us. He's crying with us. And I want, I want you to know as well that whatever you might be going through, if we give it to God, we can see gl God's glory through it, right? That's what this miracle shows us, that, that God will reveal his glory even through suffering. But Lazarus still had to die. Lazarus was still sick and died. It doesn't say that Lazarus died peacefully in his sleep. Lazarus was sick. He suffered. And he died. He may have been risen from the dead, but he went through a lot of suffering. That suffering helped the people around him. It helped people believe. It helped show that Jesus had power over death. It's a story that's been recounted for 2,000 years. It's helped millions and millions of believers. It didn't actually help Lazarus. Lazarus still died. Lazarus still suffered. But if we trust God, he can reveal glory through our suffering. Second thing is Jesus raised people up, and he still does. It's interesting, when you look through the Gospels, Jesus never did a funeral. Jesus doesn't do funerals. <laughs> he only does resurrections pretty good huh <laughs> and here he's performing a resurrection not the only one but he says Lazarus come forth Lazarus time to get up he makes it personal he calls him by name Jesus is all about raising people up What's he calling you and me to this morning? He's calling us by name, each one of us by name. And he says, I've got a resurrection plan for you. He wants to bring you out of whatever tomb you're in, whatever imprisonment you're in. He wants to set you free right now this morning, free from your bondage, free from your sin, free from your guilt free from your grief, free from whatever is holding you back. He wants to set you free and he has the power to do it. We've got to hear his call and we've got to respond in faith. He will raise us up. He will give us a new chance, new life new hope. 
but we need to respond. And the third thing is, Jesus includes others in his miracle. He called Lazarus out of the grave. Lazarus was risen from the dead. But Lazarus still was bound by the grave clothes. Jesus could have miraculously removed those. <laughs> I mean, if he raised him from the dead, he could have removed the grave clothes, right? But instead, he said to the friends and family, you do it. You remove the grave clothes. Set Lazarus free. Unbind him. Jesus relies on us to take part. God's counting on us to help him, to help him do his work. I don't know what God's calling you to do, but he's calling all of us to do something. If we're not willing to do it, we're just letting God down. God wants us to step out in faith, to respond to him, and to do it. He's not going to call the wrong person. Whatever he wants you to do, he'll equip you to do it. He relies on us, stepping out in faith. So Jesus wept, and he still weeps. Jesus raises people up and sets them free, and he still does. He includes others in his miracles, and he still does. And I want us just to take a couple of minutes to think about what God might be speaking to you about this morning. Maybe one of those things, maybe all three of them. Where do you fit into the story? What's God saying to you this morning? How does he want you to respond? Maybe you're the one weeping. And maybe you need to realize that Jesus is right there with you. Weeping with you. Wanting to bring you comfort. Wanting to bring you healing. Wanting to bring you new life. And hope. Maybe you're the one in the grave. You've lost hope. Maybe you feel like everything's piling on top of you. Maybe you feel like you're six feet under. You can't get out. And Jesus reaches down. And wants to lift you up. Or maybe God's calling you this morning to step out in faith. Because he wants to do something with you. Can we pray? Oh, Father God. We just want to worship you this morning. Father, you sent Jesus. You sent Jesus to die for us and to, to raise him from life. You wanted to give us new life. And you want to give us this hope that nothing can extinguish. Father, you want us to be full of hope. Full of love. Father, I thank you. Thank you for what you've done for each one of us through Jesus. Father, thank you that in, in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of, of our 
darkest hours, Jesus is right alongside us, suffering with us, comforting us. Father, thank you that you want to break every chain. You want to set us free. Whatever is holding us back, you want to transform through your resurrection power. You want to break those chains. And you want us to experience new life in you. Father, whatever things are holding us back, help us to step out in faith. Help us to receive that new life right now. Your light shining into everything. And Father, help us to be those broken jars of clay that are filled with your light and let that light shine out through us. Father, help us to step out in faith, to share that light with others and to be your hands and feet. Father, wherever each one of us is this morning, Father, through the power of your Spirit, I pray that you will come to each one of us. Speak to us now. Tell us what you want us to be doing. And help us to be faithful. Help us to be obedient. Help us to be courageous in stepping out for you. Amen.